Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon, the unique blend of hunting, fishing, wildlife conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Taurus, award-winning pistols and revolvers. Mossberg, American-built, American-strong. And the Red 55 Winery in Lindale, Texas. Signature wines of Grammy Award-winning country artist Miranda Lambert and owned by Rick and Beverly Lambert. Welcome to today's campfire. Coming up in a few moments is an interview I did with Miss Linda Powell with Mossberg, Fred Masterson, and Ken Perot, two writers that I had the opportunity and the great pleasure to spend time with in California back when we hunted the Steinbach Vineyard for Colombian Blacktail. And hope you'll enjoy that one. You know, we're not that far away from Christmas right now, and unfortunately, it's probably a little bit late to order the two books that I'm involved in, that being Campfire Talk with Luke Clayton, which is, a, as I've told you in the past, is a compilation of about 41 stories that Luke and I have put together, some of our favorites, dealing with hunting, fishing, the outdoors, cooking. Mr. Jim Zumbo did the uh, the forward on that one for us as well, too. The second book is one called... Deer Addictions, and it is about hunting the five different subspecies with a lot of emphasis on white-tailed deer. Talking about the five different there's five different species of deer in North America: the white-tailed deer, mule deer, coos white-tail, Colombian blacktail, and the Sitka blacktail. Now, this is a, a compilation of stories that that I've done in the past to a point. I've, I've gone back in and rewritten some of these, and there's some great photos there. 
there as well, too. And the forward for that book was written for me by Mr. Corey Mason. Corey is the executive director and the CEO, if you will, of DSC, Dallas Fire Club, and the DSC Foundation now. It's been my pleasure and honor to have served as an advisor to the uh, DSC Foundation now for a while after having served on the board of directors. And I've served as an ambassador to DSC for many years. Now, on the sale of that book, a portion of the sales of the profit, if you will, will go to DSC and the DSC Foundation, either one or the other, or possibly both. We're, we're still in negotiations on that, but uh, you know that any book that you buy entitled Dear Addictions by Larry Weissoon, that a percentage of those sales will go to wildlife conservation and education, two of the three legs that uh, really support DSC and the DSC Foundation. Now, those books can be ordered a lot of different places. Uh, by now, they should be on uh, Amazon, and there all you really have to do is to go to look for books by Larry Wysoon, and and you'll find The Deer Addiction. But also, then you can go to books by Luke Clayton and Larry Wysoon to find uh, Campfire Talk there as well, too. But we'd prefer, if you if you can, to go to catfishradio.org. That's C-A-T-F-I-S-H-R-A-D-I-O dot O-R-G. And there's a little place there where you can click on and order the books. And, and that way, too, if you want to have them autographed, we'll be more than happy to do them for you. And try to get those books out in a timely manner. Now, if, if you're getting this right now, and chances of getting it to you to, by Christmas are going to be really slim. But... Uh, you know, you, if nothing else, maybe you can tell a friend or tell a loved one that you've got a book coming and it'll be a little bit later, maybe even in early January, and or that you're going to try to meet and, or go to the DSC, DSC convention, which will be January 11th through the 14th. And uh, good Lord willing, Luke and I will be there and we'll be signing books and you can get an autographed copy there from the, from the two of us. So a lot of different options. There's Amazon will be sell them. I think uh, Sporting Classics books by now will be selling them. And then who knows, maybe some of the outdoor stores and a few other places may be selling them as well, too. But uh, really hope you enjoy those books. Uh, we've got some others coming in the future, and we'll tell you a little bit more about those in the, in, as we get a little bit farther down the way. But for the time being, check out those two books, those being Camp Talk with Luke Clayton and Larry Wysoon, and also Dear Addictions by, by me, Larry Wysoon. And hopefully you'll enjoy them, and hopefully you'll let me know how you feel about some of the, the, the chapters that are in there, and, and uh, maybe what you'd like to see in upcoming books as well, too. Now let's get on with our very special Right Before Christmas interview with Miss Linda Powell, Fred Masterson, and Mr. Ken Perot about our hunt for Colombian black-tailed deer in the uh, Steinbeck Vineyards of California. Campfires show up a lot of different places, and this particular afternoon, we're in a campfire around a actually a kitchen table in this instance <laughs> with Miss Linda Powell, who happens to be one of my favorite people in all the industry, if not all the world. Miss Linda, we're in California. We are. Surprise, surprise. And not only in California, we're sitting in the middle of a vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I'm assuming we will enjoy a little bit of the grape here in a little bit. But, you know, before we get any farther, you've got two guys here with us who I've had the opportunity to spend time with. And 
I'm looking forward to spending more time with them in the hunting camp. But why don't you introduce those to us as well, sure. please? Sure. This is one of my favorite things about hunting camp is getting to share it with good friends. I've got Fred Masterson. Fred writes for Athlon Outdoors and freelances for some other publications. Yes, and has a number of his own ventures going on in the industry. And then Kim Perot is with us, and he's known as the Outdoor Rambler. Uh, so you can follow him on his website. And again, Ken has a military background, wrote quite a bit for Military Times, a number of their publications, and quite a few other publications throughout the industry. Well, Ken and I had an opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the air bases that he's been on, and, and those happen to be places pretty close that I lived to at one time or another was not in California, obviously. It was in Texas, of course. So, and I will say before we get any farther, it's been such a pleasure spending time with these two guys, two guys you, and then we had... Uh, Aram uh, Von Benedict joined Von us. Von Benedict, yes. yes. We actually did a podcast with, with Aram early a little bit, uh, about two, three weeks ago. While he was here, though. <laughs> right, right, exactly. He had to head home, but uh, he joined us and uh, arm rights for quite a few publications throughout the industry. He's also known for being a do-it-yourself backcountry hunter. That's his passion and love. But uh, he's working on his slam of deer this fall, and so he joined us. So hopefully he could get his black tail and get that under his belt. Well, he did, <laughs> exactly. as, we all, as we all know, right. I'm, I'm an absolute great hunt. And yes, we talked about with, with him a little bit about what it, the slam is and all those other kind of good things, right. but we're coming up on deer hunting seasons and, and all kinds of hunting seasons from waterfowl to upland game to upland birds to dangerous game, all those kind of things. But Mossberg is known for building hunting rifles. One of the things I wanted to do, we're here to hunt Columbia Blacktail right. in a very unique situation, as you mentioned, in a vineyard. Yes. But let's talk a little bit about Mossberg's rifles. And I want, to, yeah, I want you two guys to chime in on all sure. this as well, too, because you use one rifle, you use another rifle. I intended to use a rifle that didn't quite work out because we had some issues with uh, some things. And... As a result of that, I got to use your rifle. So yes, I want sir. to come back to that as well, too. Miss Linda, tell us a little bit about some of the rifles that Mossberg is building now that sure. might be considered deer rifles since deer season is coming up. Well, I'm going to correct you on one point, too. There are a lot of people that still don't know that Mossberg builds bolt-action rifles. You're shame, kidding. Shame on them. <laughs> they built some of the most accurate best-looking rifles as far as I'm concerned there are. I'm really excited because when we introduced the Patriot, which I think was back around 2015, don't hold me to that, but somewhere in that neighborhood, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was so excited because I'm, I'm a big-time hunter, and yes. I think what Mossberg was lacking a little bit in their lineup was that classic bolt-action hunting rifle. And so with the introduction of the Patriot, that's what we have. And it's grown now to over, oh, we probably have over 60, 65 different variations of that. Like you said, we've got different ones here that everybody was using. But, you know, at the core is just a, a really solid action. Mossberg is known for its barrel-making expertise. Um, all the Patriot rifles have our adjustable trigger. Um, and, you know, I think that's highly underrated as well. And then from there, you get lots of different features depending on which rifle you select. 
but I think it'd be very difficult for anyone not to find a rifle that would suit them. You know, we've got youth versions. Uh, you, if you know, you're not sure what to purchase, you can get one of our combos that come topped with a scope. That way, you know, grab a box of ammo and a sling and you're ready to go afield after you sight in your rifle. Right. So, you know, walnut stocks, synthetic stocks, um, finishes on barrels like Cerakote uh, for more weather resistance. You know, I'm really proud of the fact that we have um, like the new uh, chassis system that takes uh, magazines. So that gives you a little more versatility as well. Um, most of them, they all come with either a Picatinny rail or Weber style bases. So it's really easy to get them set up and, and ready to go hunting. I love wood, and I, I appreciate plastic stocks and even the, 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 the fancy plywood stocks that people call laminates or something like right. that. Yep. But I love the wood that you put on, you and your company put on rifles. It is very quality wood, very beautifully figured. And to me, some of the rifles, I've got two of them that have got wood that I would have probably paid quite a bit of money for it just to have on, on a rifle as a rifle stock. Well, and I think we've touched on this before. One of the things that I truly am proud of from a Mossberg perspective is we really do want to offer everyone a quality firearm at a very affordable price because yes. it's important for everybody to be able to get out in the field and have a tool that they're proud of to use. Uh, and you can definitely do that with a Patriot line. Like you, I I love a nice wood stock and those walnut stock hmm. Patriots are look really nice. <laughs> I'm a little rough on guns, so I tend to usually select a synthetic one. <laughs> but, you know, there's a, there's a rifle there for everyone. Absolutely. I'm going to start with, with Ken over here. Ken, what were you using on this hunt? I was using the Patriot Predator and the 6.5 PRC and uh, beautiful camo stock of... Fluted uh, bolt, fluted barrel. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the barrels are fluted, right? And uh, we have a few models of ours. Oh, okay, and you know, I, I was lucky. I was the first up, and I took my deer like eighty-five <laughs> yards, thirty minutes into the hunt. So I was kind of very lucky there. But I was really ready for anything out to three hundred yards with that rifle. Right. I mean, uh, I I just loved. Uh, it's lightweight. It's very comfortable to carry. Yes. Yep. And. The, the 6.5 PRC, the recoil is, is so manageable. Anybody can shoot that that cartridge, you know? And it's got that oomph to take down pretty much anything out, out there at downrange. So uh, I couldn't have been happier with it. I'm really looking forward to using it later in the year, deer hunting in Virginia, because I just know that up in a tree stand or a ladder stand somewhere, looking across a bean field, it's gonna give me the ability to really reach out and touch my target. Yeah, Ken, that, I was gonna say, that's really one of my favorite rifles. and honestly, one of our top selling ones. And I think some of the things you touched on, the fact that it's kind of compact, lightweight, um, it's really one of our more affordable models and they tend to be really accurate. We've got the, the camo stock and also a flat dark, dark earth stock and uh, Cerakote barrel finishes. So it's just a great durable rifle too. They really are because to me, they're one of those almost custom rifles. Mm -hmm. you, you get 
you, you pay for something far less than a custom rifle, but you're getting basically a custom rifle when you get right down to it. Because when you look at the trigger and play with the trigger, it it now it's self-adjustable, right? I mean, it not self-adjustable, self by meaning the, the consumer. Yes, the user. User adjustable, we like to say. Right, user adjustable. Right, from okay. two to seven pounds. So it comes from the factory at around three, um, you know. Which is but, a real pleasant trigger. Yeah, most of the time, you know, you don't have a need to adjust it, you know. Right. I but absolutely you do. love the trigger on that gun. It was one of my favorite features of that rifle was the trigger uh, far and away. In, People don't realize I mean, it was sometimes how important triggers are on accuracy. I oh, haven't been in this industry a long time, and I'm looking over, yeah. I'm looking over friends going, yeah, yeah I remember is. those rifles that were 9 and 10 pounds. Pounds. <laughs> With those 95-pound triggers. Yeah. I remember the days. So I ran that uh, LR Tactical, the Patriot LR Tactical. And this is kind of an interesting creature for me because I brought that rifle specifically because I do a lot of work on the tactical side. Right. I get pigeonholed there. I love to hunt. I know. I mean, uh, I, you know, I got you can, we, can we spend a lot of time talking about about it and this really brings a good point obviously the rifle's attack driver and i dropped my deer i mean it i dropped like a bad habit it was <laughs> it is a phenomenal rifle running trichon glass on it i ran in a six five freedmoor the gun was very easy to run very easy to manipulate i like the ability to adjust it now it is technically a tactical rifle but the point is this and the point that i'm making in the pieces that i'm writing forward is that in the tactical world or the new precision-centric world, where everybody wants a super precision rifle, they're trying to spend upwards up to five to seven to ten thousand dollars on a gun. I'm telling people, what? <laughs> I have yet to get a Mossberg rifle in that didn't shoot submitted of angle right. out of the box. Right. And like Miss Linda said, there are a lot of people that don't realize that Mossberg even makes rifles yet, and yet they've been making barrels for serious rifle companies that people don't realize. So. I would say get the program because you're missing out, and that's that's not a joke. So it's an absolute pleasure to run that rifle. Well, you know, here's the deal: I, if, if if I wanted to, I could spend that five to seven thousand dollars for a rifle. But I would rather go buy a Mossberg, oh, take that money, buy a reputable scope, a good scope, or something that I like. And I, of course, I use Trigicons, but then take that extra money and go on some hunts. Absolutely right, <laughs> and be successful with it. Too. And be successful, right? It doesn't. And I, I think sometimes people are taken by the price point because Mossberg does provide an affordable product and I think sometimes people get confused and think well if it's not super expensive it's not good uh, and it's the truth <laughs> it's not the truth the Mossberg rifle is, is you get a lot more bang for the buck you know uh -huh. there you go get the tagline yeah, in there a lot more bang for the buck I mean, <laughs> it is a lot more gun than the money will reflect now you, you're calling this a tactical rifle how yeah. is that different from somebody that's doing a custom rifle with a, with a customized stock well, what, 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 is there a difference? Well, between here's them? the deal. In all, in all honesty, you know, I've I've seen a lot of a lot of cats and ladies that are serious hunters. In fact, one of our guys out here, he had a he has a custom rifle and stuff. And in my world, I do a lot of law enforcement, marksmanship training, right. things like this. It's a, it's a precision rifle. Is what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. is it meant for backcountry hunting? Sure, got a yeah. got a different break on it stuff. It had an adjustable cheek rise on it. It had adjustable trigger. It had a custom stock. So in my world, that's a precision rifle. So I think sometimes the word tactical, the word tactical, is thrown around a little bit. Um, but just because it's a tactical rifle, particularly oh, this particular model, oh, I would. I would it's hunt, a hunting rifle. I would hunt with this rifle all day long. 
all day long, primarily because I got faith in it. I have absolute faith in that rifle, put the round where I needed to put it. And you know, as long as you can drive it, as long as you can run the gun, that rifle will perform without without hesitation. And I thank you greatly for allowing me to use yours. <laughs> My pleasure. It, I am honored. And it, it was it was topped with a uh, Trigicon <clears throat> ten point. Yep. If I recall yep. properly, <clears throat> which is a it, it's great scope to me. I tend more toward the AccuPoint and the Huron and some of the others yeah. from a real hunting perspective, but it's still that scope still made a pretty darn yeah. decent. Hunting it was. Scope. I mean, it, it's it's a little more glass than we needed. Right. I mean, exactly. Um, we could we could see into their ears. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was way powerful, uh, but it was it's still you know it's still a great piece of glass. Now you didn't hunt on this particular hunt, Miss Linda. I didn't this time, but I've hunted here on this property a few times before. I'm trying to be generous and share it with other people. <laughs> well, those of us who had, and we love you, for partake, we got to partake of that generosity. Thank you. <laughs> but, but this is a special place, and it's an ideal place too, as far as I'm concerned, to to try different rifles, such as, as what we did here. I mean, the ranges could be short or they could be long. However, for the most part, we tried to get as close as we could. Yeah, you could see deer sometimes six hundred yards away yeah and it's the rolling hills with the swales and just trying to figure out how to put on the stock you know seeing them is one thing getting into a position to take a shot's another and it, <laughs> we found, some of us we found it fairly challenging yeah. uh, chasing deer all around these the, the vineyard uh, we we're trying to be very careful not to chase them out of the vineyard because <laughs> uh, that way we get to maybe hunt them the next day if we if we messed it up but uh, yeah, there's incredible amount of deer here. Uh, the I, I was I was surprised because I Ryan told me that they eat mainly the leaves and not the grapes. Right. They'll they'll only eat the grapes when I guess the grapes reach a certain sweetness level or something that makes them want to eat it. So I, I would have thought they'd been in here eating all the all the grapes, but. And we saw when we inspected the stomach, it was mostly just grape. Oh my gosh, yeah. 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 Matter of fact, I think the one that you, you shot. Yeah, he was. The, the thing that said leaves in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, another thing that amazed me is when we skin these deer, I don't recall ever seeing as much fat on mature bucks Never, yeah. as I've ever seen on these deer. They are so good. It's like you said, they're pre marinated and very much so. And you know, you made a great point that everything, so you're hunting on a vineyard, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. No. It is not shooting fish in a barrel because I was four times on this deer that would just vanish between the vines. We'd be moving in on the stock. You think you got him, you think you got him. He's just showing you as you're in. Fall a little bit more. He'd take one step over into the next row and you go over there. He's gone. Yeah. He's there's, gone. There's those and fawns, fawns around it. And yeah. once they bolt, the bucks don't hang around to wonder what's yeah. going on. They're gone with them. You know, one of the things I've noticed, not only here, but with mule deer and whitetail and everything else, it's generally that six-month-old fawn that has a tendency to bolt before all the rest of them do. Even the old doe that's going to stand there and snort at you and stomp her feet <laughs> yeah. and all the other kind of things that you love to hate about them. Yeah. Right. You know, it's they'll stand around for just a little bit. That fawn takes off, and then, of course, the maternal instinct, I guess, kicks in, and then she's following that fawn, and then, you know, everything else is going to go. And these deer here were almost in a herd situation. Now, we had yeah. some bachelor herds of um, young bucks and old bucks mixed in, but then a lot of times, too, we had there'd be 10, 15, 20 does and there'd be a fair amount of, of, of bucks 
of varying age classes as well. Got a lot of eyes looking at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of eyes, a lot of nose. A lot of alarm yeah. systems, too. Yeah. And yeah. Back, to the, back to the hunt, you know, once again, in my, when I first talked, when Linda told me about a vineyard, I'm like, well, this ought to be, I, I hate to say it, easy. Yes. But it's not. Your opportunity zone is six feet. Yes. Your opportunity zone for exactly. a shot is six feet. And if you can't make that in six feet, whether they move, take two steps this way or two steps this way, because I've, We've all hunted out out in open plateaus on mesas. You got, you know, if that deer walks seventy yards, you still have the deer. He walks two steps and he's gone. That made me think of something when we were watching you on one of your stalks. Did you hear me cussing? No, <laughs> maybe. This was a family-rated deal, guys. But, but Larry and I were back a little ways, just watching it kind of unfold, and your your buck that you're on was moving from one row to the other. And we watched you and your guide go back and forth between the two rows. And Larry just came out with the classic line that I love. It's like watching a slow game of ping pong. <laughs> yeah, really, that's really exactly good. what it was. There they are. And then, <laughs> and <it went laughs> back and forth. I was completely being played by that buck. He knew what he's doing. The, the one thing I... I picked up on quickly and like I said I, I shot the first year on the hunt yeah we heard that shot real and but you know you got to be quick on the trigger for a good trigger helps right yes. absolutely and, but you know if you get a shot and it presents itself in that lane you better take it because those deer aren't going to hang around no. or they're going to give you the straight walking away yeah. shot yeah. like some folks encountered on yeah. well, several times, several times. <laughs> and uh, yeah I mean we were shooting off shooting sticks in a way it was a bit like some of the scenarios in Africa where you got a split second to get yes. on them sticks and when that animal gives you a shot you better you, take it you better take it you're right they're, they're going to be gone and so that's what I did with mine. It was a very severe quartering away shot, but you know, I'm using 127 grain solid copper, not solid copper, but copper but, bullet. Right. And it got a lot of drive through and- uh, California approved. Yeah, California <laughs> approved. And you know, the deer only went a couple rows for piling up. And so, but it, but it happened really fast. And I think you have to be fast in, in this kind of shooting scenario. You do. I've, I've often said that mature bucks of any deer species will give you five seconds to see them, estimate their age and their antler size, the distance that they are, and pull the trigger. And it just told me took me about ten seconds to <laughs> tell you that. Oh, you know, that's yeah. you, you got to make a very quick split decision, and. Uh, or in some instances, you have to sit and wait for one to stand up because all you can see is a blasted antlers. Well, up. I'll be honest with you, so let's talk about your shot for just a second because um, I, I shoot for a living. Just like you, I shoot differently though. So right. the difficulty of your shot was astronomical. You were huddled all up against a vine, nestled on sticks, but you were still kind of crunched back doing this half abdominal crunch coming in place through vines. And I keep telling this because I don't want people to think that this is some fish in a barrel type hunt. No. This is a very challenging hunt. It's very enjoyable. It's so unique. But your shot was was gold. That was a that, there was a shot. small window because you know you gotta be really careful. The, the scope shows you're clear, but is your barrel clear? Yeah, right. And so I kept trying to, to adjust and hoping, okay, if he stands up here, if he does this, I can do this. Not there's not a shot. I don't want to blow something 
I don't want to cut off one of their vines. <laughs> but uh, we were very fortunate, and the deer finally stood up. And again, thank you so very much for letting me use that rifle. I've got it's a, my honor. I've got an I've got an article coming up in uh, uh, Gun Digest the next annual about the Mossberg Patriot rifles, and and I was looking for an opportunity to use you know, one of the tactical type guns. Well, I, I thought I'd never get a tactical gun in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, normally, <laughs> all things happen for a, a reason. Right. And I saw a little cranking on your skull. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate yeah. it, Mike. <laughs> yeah, to me, if a tactical rifle were blue steel and, and wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I heard you asking, could we get that in a Woodstock yeah. version? <laughs> And I've had the opportunity, I was with, with Linda up in uh, Alberta not very long ago for a bear hunt, and I had an opportunity to use the, the Predator and 7mm uh, PRC, yeah. and I thought very seriously about bringing it. And then I thought, well, I didn't know sure what gun you're going to bring, but I kind of had an inkling it was probably going to be one of those. And then I found out that you were coming. I thought, well, chances are he's probably going to have a tactical. So that was one of the reasons I decided to bring one of the ones with a, with a wood stock. And unfortunately, I think the airlines did some things to my, to my uh, scope that yes, pretty without, much destroyed it because that's question. not typical of the Trigicon scopes oh, that I shoot. So. No, and we were using the Trigicon in the 10 yeah. mile, you know, kind of thing. <clears throat> Walking away from this hunt, uh, in terms of, of guns and all those kind of things, what what's your? We've talked about it already, but what's your opinion? I know you, Ken, you're talking seriously about using that, and you were using the PRC six point five PRC, and yeah. you were using, and you and I, as it worked out, were using six point five Creedmoor. Creedmoor, yeah, well, that's a two hundred feet per second difference, right? Yeah, it's, so very, it's pretty close. Just a little more, you know, about yeah. and some of the scenarios I hunt in Virginia, you know, you're you're looking across three, four hundred yards of beans. Oh yeah, yards, you know, and so paraline right away is or, and, uh, or so, senderos or whatever you want to call them over there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an ideal setup, and I I really look forward to giving it a try this uh, November. Well, two hundred feet is two hundred feet matters. Two hundred feet, yeah. two hundred feet faster is. It matters and much flatter shooting around. The 6.5 is a flat shooting gun, no doubt about it. You know, I, I joke about my antiquated 308, <laughs> God's caliber, by the way. What are you spotting around over exactly. here, Linda? You know, I love the 308. <laughs> but at the same time, too, I do recognize the fact that the 6.5 is a very flat shooting gun. I agree. Yeah. I, I mentioned that deer I shot was, it was a severe quartering away shot. It was yeah. kind of like where you had a window about that big to really tuck it in. Right. Fortunately, I, I clipped a little bit of the hind quarter, but it still drove through the ribs. And it, it went about three feet into that deer yeah. before the bullet lodged against the right shoulder. Now, you were able to recover a bullet, weren't we you? We recovered a bullet. Yeah. And I think we recovered maybe a, a yeah. pedal. Pedal. Yeah. 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 Mine was a through. Mine was a through and through. Yeah. Uh, Two yeah. long shot and it popped right but through. It had quite a bit of velocity on it when it, when it hit that deer <laughs> 85 yards. It was flying. You know, so. Yeah. It, it but was. but that, that helped get, get it all the way through. Oh, absolutely. The yeah. What, another reason why that deer really went, you know, 20 yards. Yeah. Well, to me, with my deer, I had, there were two other bucks really oh, close to this right deer. There. Yes. And so my thoughts were, I, and he thankfully was kind of facing me in a roundabout way and finally turned his neck 
to the side and provided, you know, some access to his shoulder. But my thoughts were, if I'm going to shoot this deer in this circumstance or under these circumstances with these other deer around, I've got to try to keep that bullet inside the body. So I was hoping the length of that body would be sufficient enough to, to retain that bullet. Because also with these vines, you don't know for sure what's that much farther beyond as well, too. In some instances, you know, they're standing out in in where you can see, and you know there's nothing behind them. And the vines are all up about the the height of our eyesight. Yes. And you forget sometimes that the deer can, there's nothing up until about the top part of your chest, and then there's cover. And there are two or three times I forgot about the fact that those rascals can see every th- every move I make <laughs> that without my seeing them, you know, kind right. of thing. Advantage so, to the deer. Advantage to the yeah. deer. In the uh, uh, podcast I did with Aram, or Aram, or I call him every other thing out there, kind of thing. <laughs> I invited him to call me the same kind of thing as a result of that. But I mean, like with him, it was like he. You mentioned he is a backcountry hunter. He's a do-it-yourself hunter. He, yeah. he loves to get out and walk and to stalk and all these other kind of things. And his, I asked him, I said, what was your thoughts coming here? And he goes, well, I thought it's probably going to be one of those situations where we're driving down the road. Okay, get out and shoot that one right there, you know, kind of thing. And once he got here and saw the number of deer and the challenges involved and the challenges of hunting those roads, I think it made quite an I know it made quite an impression on him. He told me the same thing. Thing. It was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is so much more enjoyable, so much tougher hunt, meaning in him, and enjoyable hunting the way we did. Right. We got to go totally tactical on that deer he shot. I was with him. Right, you and, were. You know, and, and we were trying to do a setup. It was getting close to dusk, and uh, it was a nice buck, and but we just couldn't get on him for So we ended up actually going back further. Back in distance, that, yeah. Instead of, you know, the aim often trying to close the distance. We we had to move like eighty yards further away, right, to, to get up on one of the the hills where we could see across the swale and down to get a clean shot at that deer, because it, we we saw him moving right to left through the vines, and you had to hustle to get set up because time it perfectly so that you get a shot in that window. Oh yes, sir. And he did. He made a great shot on yeah. it. But it was well, it was almost <clears throat> getting dark. Yes, it was. It was. It was, it was, it was, it was darker than the inside of a cow by the time I was He's like, he's over here somewhere. His lamps are on. But it was so cool about that, though, yeah. because he hit the deer hard, and it oh, moved yeah. to where we, y'all thought it'd be best to wait just a little bit so he walked out, and then we showed up. Yeah. Uh, we being uh, Lucas and... and and Fred and Miss Linda and I, and uh, then we decided to walk the rows, you know, yeah. or the aisles, whatever you want to call them. And it, it just so happened that it, the one that he was walking is one where he found the deer, yeah. which I yeah. could not have been better as far as yeah. I'm concerned. He went, he went straight downhill. He went straight downhill. <laughs> and when we were watching it after the shot, we thought he was following the other deer that ran off and cut to the left. So when we went to look for him, we went to the crest of the hill and then started going left. Right. And the deer was 70 to 100 yards yeah. straight down from us if we just kept walking yeah, straight. exactly. Yeah. But still to me, it was so interesting that he, <laughs> he should be the one to find it rather than the one that really yeah. I heard him whistling and moving. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great sound to me. Yeah, that was a great sound. So <laughs> a happy hunter. That's right. right. So, 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Moving forward, Linda, and I know that y'all are producing some absolutely fantastic rifles right now. To me, the big thing is just to make people aware of how accurate they are, how good looking they are, how great the triggers are, how great the barrels are, and where are these guns put together? Eagle Pass, Texas. <laughs> I know it. I love it. I love it. American made. American made. I'm, I'm so very proud of that. And yeah. so very proud of the fact that they're made in Eagle Pass, Texas. I've, I've spent a lot of time in that country years ago as a wildlifeologist and a few other things. And, and uh, what a great area. But what a yeah. fabulous thing for those guns to be done in, in Texas. And I know all the rest of the people who hunt Texas and love Texas kind of feel like I do. That makes an extra little bit of pride there, kind it's, of thing. It's great pride for us, too. Yeah. Well, we appreciate Mossberg <laughs> being there, I want to tell you. Anything you guys want to add? I mean, all of you guys, you two particularly, Ken, you and, and, and Fred, do so many other things. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. And then uh, I want to end it up about what we did here just a few moments ago before we came in. So, in personal? Yeah. yeah Ken, well. you know, personal things or, or projects you're involved in or websites or you well know. you know I'm a military veteran I did retire from the army as a civilian yes sir uh, after 34 years of service and thank you I've written for a lot of folks been involved with a lot of outdoor writers associations uh, Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Southeastern Outdoor Press Homelands, folks like that uh, I'm the conservation editor for the National Wild Turkey Federation, which is a, a, a job cool. I, I love. Pretty I, I, cool. You know, conservation's always been near and dear to me. So. Yes, sir. And I do stuff for Ducks Unlimited with migration alerts. And But, uh, yeah, I've written for mil the Military Times Media. I was their outdoor writer for like 19 years. And... Uh, so yeah, fantastic. A, a lot of a lot of stuff. And plus my own website, www.outdoors with an S, rambler.com. Check it out. Hope you like it. Outdoorsrambler.com. Yeah. Okay. But you know, the thing that projects I'm working on, I mean, nothing significant. I mean, doing stuff like this. It's and, pretty significant. That's pretty significant. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what I was gonna say is like, you know, we have, people talk about hunts of a lifetime, right? And and that is such a, a nebulous concept, people, because almost every hunt you go on, when you look at it, I say, Wow, this is this is my hunt of a lifetime. Right. And and something like this is so unique. It is really a hunt of a lifetime. It and is. I just really appreciate the opportunity to get out here with you guys and experience it. It's been wonderful. It's, it's been just fantastic. a magnificent experience. I totally agree. It's just a, a very special place in so many different ways. Yeah. I mean the food. The wine. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we got the opportunity to taste a little bit of wine. Yeah. I made wine for 10 years in Virginia. We, so you appreciate. We, I did. I mean, I love, talk, I love talking to Ryan about the stuff and some of the technical things about the grapes and how, how they, when they pick and how, how, you know, their whole process. It was so good. We thought we might start a vineyard in Virginia, and uh, right. we found we could buy wine a lot cheaper than we could make it. <laughs> and, and the wine we made was occasionally drinkable. Sometimes it was great, and sometimes it was more suited as an engine degreaser. So, you know, to come here and get to try all these great wines, I mean, that in itself, it just... 
you know, incredible treat. I, I totally agree. Fred, what about you? I mean, again, and I so much appreciate having the opportunity to spend time with you on the well, show. It's, it's been, been my pleasure. It sir. has been and unbelievably indescribable in terms of words. I'm a gray-haired fanboy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've been reading your stuff since I was, well, we'll stop there. Since Zumbo was a little kid. Yeah, it's been a minute. You listening, Jim Zumbo? <laughs> exactly. He is. He's, he's saying words now. Good old that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm blessed. I, I lead what I consider the, the greatest life you never have. I get to do this professionally. I'm fortunate. I freelance. I write for a lot of different magazines. I write primarily for Alpine Outdoors. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, I'm kind of pigeonholed in their training side, their tactical side, because of my background. Um, I worked in the military as well. I lost a law enforcement trainer, all that. Um, but I get a chance to do something like this my, because my passion is the outdoors. So I, I thank Linda sincerely because there's a thousand people she get invited to be here. Um, but she got that check that I sent her. <laughs> Twenty-five whole dollars. That's right. And a picture of me crying, please. I think that's what she gets from me more than anything. Exactly. I'm a self-appointed uh, Mossberg ambassador. You know, I'm such a believer in their products, and I'm not saying that to Linda just just because she's here. But it's true. I'm a, I'm a big believer in getting people guns in their hands that will serve them well and are worth the money. We've all had guns that look pretty that didn't work real well, <laughs> and we regretted that. Yes, sir. I'm a huge fan of Mossberg shotguns, obviously, but once again, their their rifles, um, even handguns. I I am oh my god, their handguns were just our our money. So I, I lead what I consider to be a very blessed life, without a doubt. I get to do this professionally. Um, I travel quite a bit for media events. Um, which is it's always enjoyable. We get a quick peek behind the scenes of new products coming out. Yes, sir. Um, yes, been sir. at it long enough where they're starting to ask input and things like that, you know, which is it's kind of nice. Um, and what I find in this industry is that people really care about what you think. It's 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 not an industry. It's a family. It's a giant, giant family. Well put. And, it uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. As we talked about that earlier about sometimes you get somebody who's kind of a knucklehead and they purge pretty quickly because this is more than just, like I said, it's really not technically it's an industry, but it's very small, very small circle. And um, you, you couldn't find a better group of people on the earth. Well, totally, yeah. totally agree. Ms. Linda, I want to come back with you a little bit later. Okay. Again, as we get into the hunting season, I know you've got some some interesting trips planned, and some of them don't have anything to do with hunting. I know that you like the uh, the water. I love the water. Something I don't quite understand. <laughs> it's outdoors. It, 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 is, it, is, it is outdoors. And I, and I mess with you. But where I wanted to go, where we kind of finished this thing, we had an opportunity to do something after the hunt today. Yes. I've called up mule deer all over North America, and I wanted to see how the Colombian blacktail would react to calling. And But I didn't want to do it because before we while we're hunting because it might have had the opposite effect and scared everybody <laughs> off of this property. So True. we waited until the hunt was over with it, but we went out this afternoon and we learned something, didn't we? Well, yes, we did. <laughs> I think in the future we might be hunting a little differently here. <laughs> At least we might tell everybody else, but if you and I are here, we're going to hunt that way. Yeah. 
I uh, I was so impressed you were using a distress call, which is not what I expected. Right. <clears throat> and I am blown away by what we witnessed this afternoon. Well, actually, it's, it's a little Burnham Brothers close range. It uses the, the rubber band between two pieces of plastic, <clears throat> excuse me, that you stretch, that comes stretched, and then you just got to bite on it to determine the pitch. And I knew, and you and Mule Deer, it worked like an absolute charm. I called a little bit on Sitka Black when we were up there, but right. we, were, we still had a lot of bear out at the time, and I didn't want to sell a lot yeah, of distress I didn't have a tag for but it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I so impressed. I mean, we had bucks. We saw a lot of bucks we didn't even see while we were out hunting, does, fawn. I mean, it was just really impressive, they, and they wanted to come. Oh, yeah. And, and the only reason I think they stopped was we weren't really trying to Camouflage or hide no, ourselves. No, no, no. We mean, were just we're, having fun. We're having fun. And the truck's there, and we're <laughs> kind of standing up there. But uh, just goes to show, I think it it will work without uh, any question. <laughs> both of you guys were shaking oh, your heads. Yes, uh, so. it was it was amazing. You, you started making the call, and I thought I saw some movement. And the next thing I saw, five does just yeah. blowing by. <laughs> they weren't just curious; they were running yeah, to it. It was were. amazing. In that last session, I, there had to be 20 deer that were all in mass yeah. yes. walking up. It was incredible. I just couldn't believe it. They were coming in, and Ken and I walked out on that one spot. And we just sat, I sat down on this uh, concrete. Wide open. Wide open, both you and I. Deer looking right at us and coming in. And they were coming in like, oh, my gosh, yeah. like he had them on a string. Yeah. It was so yeah. much fun. I thought you could only call coyotes. <laughs> doing what you were doing. I, I'm expecting to be overrun by coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, and don't share this. Well, years ago, I started, I mean, I've loved to call and mess, I want to call mess with critters and particularly in terms of vocalizations trying all kinds of things with white-tailed deer and mule deer and I, I was out in, in a west texas country and always carried critter call because i thought well, i'll call coyotes and nothing else and i called started calling coyotes but i just was going wah, wah, just real slow and i just got covered up with mule deer and, and since that time i've tried it again and again and i was used, used to use the, the gary robertson's uh yeah. burn brothers game call the c3 long range predator call and then we started playing around with that little higher pitch that you get with the uh, close range and it's just been absolutely amazing over the last three years in, in Texas alone I probably call it three four hundred mule deer I can believe I, it I, I was yeah. based on what I saw today <laughs> yeah. we probably called I don't mean it, it, we probably called up a grand total of 50 to 60 deer oh easily this afternoon easily, yes. it looked like the deer were going to hang up maybe because they saw us right but then if you did a little more urgency with the call it didn't matter no they, they kept coming no. it was well, again, it's been such an absolute pleasure and honor to spend time with everybody in this camp, particularly you, Ken, and Fred, and always Miss Linda. I can't wait till the next opportunity. And, and you know, we've got an opportunity coming up in January, and I know, Miss Linda, you can't be there because. You're going to be off in Sonora hunting coos deer, and during the same time when the DSC convention is going on, which is January 14th, 11th through 14th. 
I hate I'm going to miss the convention, but <laughs> you have how, an, can, how can I turn down you, a You hunt? have an excused absence as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. <laughs> but hopefully, Ken, we can get you there sometime. Fred, you yeah. there as well, too. Be and look forward to it. It'll be at the K. Bailey Hudson Center there in Dallas again, January 11th through the 14th. And if you want to learn more about the convention or DSC, you can go to B-I-G-G-A-M-E dot O-R-G and find out all about DSC and our chapters that are popping up all over the, the nation now and a few other places. And again, Miss Linda, Ken, Fred, thank you so very much for being with us around the campfire today. And I can't wait to share it with y'all again next time. Ladies and gentlemen, join us right back here next week. And we'll have as a guest. Thank you very much for joining us. DSC's Campfires has also been brought to you by the Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas. Habit, our gear, your adventure. The Texas Wildlife Association, Double Nickel Taxidermy, Burnham Brothers Game Calls, and H3 Whitetail Solutions.